Hey everyone, welcome to the show, episode 2 of Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast. I am Chris, and I am your Fantasy Football Advocate. It was so good to actually see some live sports. Baseball tried, they did the best they could, but it's not the same with, with no fans there. No matter how much ambient noise they add to the parks, it's just not the same. I was afraid it would be the same with the NFL. I have to tell you, I was very impressed with the noise they added, the way they shot the action on the field. If you didn't know any better, you really wouldn't know. There was zero people in the stands until they actually you know, did a shot of the stands and you saw there was nobody there. That is, of course, with the exception of Kansas City and Jacksonville. Those were the only two stadiums in the league that did have actual fans in the stands, albeit a far lesser number than normal. Hopefully, we'll see more stadiums able to take some safety precautions and have fans start to come back to the point of the actual games it was really really fun to to just watch and as i said with the ambient noise that they were able to add i think it was up to 75 decibels which in a stadium the size of nfl stadiums isn't nearly what it normally is with all the fans there but it was still enough while the game was going on to really you kind of lost track of the fact that there wasn't people in the stands they just kind of got lost in the games so I don't know about everybody listening. I really enjoyed it. It was really nice to get back to some semblance of normalcy, seeing as things for, I would venture, just about everybody listening have been really, really turned upside down the last few months. So to get back to normal, at least for a few hours on Sunday, was really nice. Now, on to the actual games. That's what we're here for, right? You don't tune into this podcast or subscribe to this podcast to listen to me talk about how much I enjoyed the ambient noise in NFL stadiums. You want to know my take on what actually happened on the field and how it affects your fantasy team. I'll tell you right now, the entire premise of this show is to not overreact. I guarantee there are those of you out there listening to this who drafted a player incredibly high in the draft who did not perform the way you thought they would. A couple that come to mind I actually have on my fantasy teams as well. Uh, As for my teams, I have one game that is already over. I lost, unfortunately. I have one that I am way out in front. And it's, it's virtually impossible for the person I'm playing to catch me. Never say never, but it would take probably the single greatest performance in the history of fantasy football times two to even come close to catching me. And there's one that's very much in the air, but it looks like with the two players this person has going, uh, it looks like I'm going to be one and two to start the week. Which brings me right back to the don't overreact point. No matter what, if you have five teams and you want 0-5, Week one is always a little strange. Sure, there's players that you drafted really high, your Christian McCaffrey's and your Zeke Elliott's and uh, possibly Saquon Barkley, although he's playing tonight. He has not played yet. You have those players that are going to go out there and they, they, they killed it. They did what you drafted them to do. They were the anchor of your team. Then there's players like Michael Thomas, who I personally drafted in the league I run. I had the sixth overall pick. In that draft, Christian McCaffrey was already gone. Saquon Barkley was gone. Zeke Elliott was gone. Dalvin Cook was gone. Alvin Kamara was gone. And based on where I would be drafting in round two, I looked at my team and said, well, I can either draft a guy who's probably second or third tier in the overall running back talent list, or I can draft the number one receiver on the board and then lock down my receiver spot and know I have a number one there. So that's what I did. I went with Michael Thomas. Problem is, Michael Thomas did not have a Michael Thomas game. Back to my point, do not panic. Last year, the New Orleans Saints didn't exactly have an overwhelming receiving core past Michael Thomas. Ted Ginn Jr. was the secondary receiver on that team 
This year, they have Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is a far superior receiver to Ted Ginn Jr. Alvin Kamara did not have an Alvin Kamara-like season last year, like he had his first two seasons in the league. Turns out there may or may not have been some injury issues there, but he was an Alvin Kamara game yesterday from the beginning. They wanted to get him involved. It was working. And Drew Brees didn't exactly have a lot of time to throw. The Buccaneers pass rush was pretty good. Michael Thomas running downfield. There wasn't a whole lot of time to let plays develop. That's not going to be every game. Not every team in the league, like the Buccaneers, has a Shaquille Barrett who's going to you know, contend for the league lead in sacks. It's not a problem they're going to have every week. They're going to be able to have plays develop. And if they don't, they're going to find ways to get Michael Thomas into the offense. He is the focal point of that offense. He and Alvin Kamara. Don't worry. Don't panic. Depending on your, your scoring format and fantasy, Michael Thomas got you, like, I don't know, maybe two, two to five points. And you're looking at him for about 15 to 20 a week normally. Another player, Nick Chubb, the insanely talented running back for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a team that's kind of in flux. New coaching staff, Freddie Kitchens, really messed up that team last year. Add to that, they're going against what I believe is a top five defense in the Baltimore Ravens and the defending MVP at quarterback in Lamar Jackson. An offense that looks like it's going to roll just like that defense will. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be a 13-14 win team. If you tell me they only lose once or twice all year, that would not surprise me. So the fact that you have a team that's trying to figure things out and a team that has seemingly has it all figured out playing one another, and then the team that is trying to figure things out, running back, being Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns, struggles, is not something you have to go, oh my God, I have to try to find a trade for Nick Chubb right now. I have to try to trade Michael Thomas right now. You don't want to move those players. Those are anchors of your team. They're going to be okay. So you look at a player like Nick Chubb struggling yesterday, and you say, well, what happened? Well, what happened was Baltimore. Baltimore came out against Cleveland. They got an early lead. As great as Nick Chubb is at running, he's not a Christian McCaffrey. He's not a Saquon Barkley. He's not a guy who's going to catch seven, eight, nine passes a game, potentially, and see those kind of targets in a receiving game, and then run the ball 15 to 20, maybe 20-plus times a game. Nick Chubb's a runner. The Browns have Kareem Hunt for that role. Yeah, Kareem Hunt will rush, but Kareem Hunt is going to receive a lot more targets in a receiving game than Nick Chubb will. And when you have a team like Cleveland who are struggling offensively, Baltimore was really handling them without much issue. And then you throw into it, you really can't run the ball because you need to try to move it downfield as quickly as you can. So Browns had to essentially abandon the run game. And on games like that, Nick Chubb could struggle. Yeah, he might. Get a screen pass and run for a touchdown. You never know. Nothing is ever definite in fantasy football. But majority of the time, you have a dominant defense with an offense that gets out up front. The opposing team is not going to be able to run the ball as effectively, if at all. And they're going to have to go to the passing game. So if your running back is on that team that's behind, well, if they're not a Christian McCaffrey or a Zeke Elliott or uh, Saquon Barkley, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt their fantasy value for that game. Nick Chubb is going to be fine. It's just a situation they found themselves in. Nick Chubb is a great player who's going to do really good for you fantasy-wise. And if you pair him with somebody else who can catch out of the backfield, your running back core should be very solid. Myself yesterday, I have a team that had both Michael Thomas and Nick Chubb. That is a team that lost. I also have Miles Sanders on that team who should be, who is a supremely talented second-year running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, who very much looked like they needed him yesterday. He didn't play. He had a lower body injury. I believe it was a hamstring. They've been kind of vague about it, but I believe it was a hamstring. He's going to be great. I pair a player like him 
with a Nick Chubb. Michael Thomas does what Michael Thomas can do. My team's going to be fine. I did not score many points. I had a lot of guys underperform yesterday. But again, it's week one. Situations happen. I had Patrick Mahomes on one of my teams last year in the playoffs. It just so happened it was a week that they played. Oh, man, I forgot who they played. But it was a, it was a massive storm. Patrick Mahomes didn't do much for me. Are you going to tell me Patrick Mahomes isn't a great quarterback? No. It was a situation. It sucked. And I'm getting knocked out of the playoffs because of it. But it happens. This is the, the, the beauty and the ugliness of fantasy football. You're going to have times where you're playing against that guy who is so talented. But game plan issues or weather can keep them from being as effective as they normally are. It's beautiful when you're on the other side of that. I never want to see anyone get injured. So I never, no matter what cheer an injury because that's just not that's not how I am but if game plan or weather issues prevent somebody from being effective and I'm facing them I'm all for it when they're on your team like I found myself in yesterday with Nick Chubb and Michael Thomas it's frustrating and anything can happen anything can happen in the actual NFL and in fantasy there's always seemingly every week there's unexpected outcomes and you can't panic about one maybe even two bad games you're going to look back on these first two games for some players that struggled this week You're going to look back on this in week seven or eight and go, oh, man, I was really worried. Michael Thomas is leading the league in receptions or or Nick Chubb's leading in rushing yards or a player that didn't perform up to their uh, caliber you thought they would really stepped up and started, you know, living up to the talent level to justify the position you drafted them in. There are busts. There are players that do, you know, they do just lose it. Usually it's not your really high-caliber player, such as a Christian McCaffrey. I know I keep bringing him up, but he's, I think, the single most valuable player in fantasy. More than likely, 99.999% positive. You're not going to see those guys fall off a cliff. Never panic after week one, week two. Uh, if you start getting week three and you see patterns as far as, okay, they're just not using this guy the way they did a couple for the last couple of years, that does happen. You get some guys who, who, who seem incredibly talented and... For whatever reason, they're just not used the way you would think they would be. There's a guy in, in Green Bay. I mean, you have Devontae Adams as the number one receiver. But then you have a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, if you watch him play, looks like he has all the tools to be a star receiver. He had a nice game yesterday because he had a big catch in the game for a touchdown. But there's been a lot of times you're watching Packers games, and the guy's wide open, and they're throwing to the third receiver. They're throwing to Devontae Adams triple-covered. Things just happen. You can have a super talented player you think is going to turn into something or was something one year, and he's just not in the game plan going forward. Doesn't happen to your major stud star players, like I said, like a McCaffrey, like a Barkley, like an Elliott, like a Mahomes, but it does happen to your kind of next tier guys from time to time. That's why you want to build a solid team because if you don't feel comfortable starting one of those guys, if you don't feel comfortable starting Nick Chubb next week, I don't understand that. I would suggest you do start him. But if you don't, you want to build a solid team because you want someone to put in his place. You don't want to let him go. You don't want to release him. You want to hold on to him because he's going to bounce back. He's going to be better, and you want to still have him. You don't want to go out and explore the possibility of trying to trade away a Michael Thomas or a Nick Chubb or anything of that nature because those guys are going to be your focal points of your fantasy team going forward. However, if you're in a league and there's somebody you think might be panicking and isn't listening to me, isn't taking my advice and sees Michael Thomas get I was like two catches for 13 yards or 14 yards or something like that, then maybe you should offer him a trade. Try to trade, package a couple of guys who might have had a good game yesterday. You know, maybe maybe a, a guy who performed above his 
above where people believe his ceiling is in fantasy and try to get a guy like a Nick Chubb or a Michael Thomas, I have to tell you, in all honesty, very few times do experienced players actually fall for that. But you could get somebody in your league who just doesn't want to deal with it or has had a history of being let down by by high draft picks or, or really talented players and just says, forget it, I'm done. I'd rather have a couple of people in here who can get me 8 to 10 points a game than have one guy who I hope gets me 20, and if he doesn't, I lose my game. Go for it. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you'll end up with a, a huge trade. A stud superstar player for essentially peanuts. Go for it. Couldn't hurt. What's the worst that's going to happen? They say no. I've already sent out a few trade offers in a couple of my leagues because why not? Up until this point, the entire point of the show has been don't panic. And I gave you some examples, some from my own team, that hopefully will help you understand why it's important to look at all the situations around the game to uh, not panic and to take a lot of things into consideration. However, it's also important to not overvalue. I see it every year in every league I'm in. I've been guilty of it myself. A player comes out for a team who is undrafted in most leagues, absolutely kills it week one. Uh, for instance, yesterday, the Indianapolis Colts drafted, uh, what's his name, uh, Jonathan Taylor. And everybody's, you know, he's going to be the number one. He's going to be the guy. The Colts kind of said, we're going to go by committee. Well, the guy who's been the number one in Indianapolis, Marlon Mack, went down to injury yesterday, as we found out today, having a torn ACL. He'll miss the rest of the year. So Jonathan Taylor's stock just went through the roof. A guy by the name of, I uh, believe, oh, I always mispronounce this. I, I apologize. Uh, Nadine Hines, I believe, is his name. He had been the backup in Indianapolis. We ended up getting two touchdowns yesterday. Had a really good game. There's going to be people that look at him and go, oh my God, I have to use my number one claim on the waiver wire. I have to, if you have a free agent acquisition or fab budget for free agency in your league, which is essentially a set amount of money, and then instead of having an actual waiver order, players will bid amounts of money on said player and whoever bids the highest will get him when waivers clear. In most leagues, that's that's Wednesday morning. And you're going to see that with Hines this week. Hines is probably not a guy who was drafted a lot because people figured, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, Marlon Mack. Hines was, you know, third stringer. In case of an injury, it was inevitable he could pick up. But, you know, you're going to overpay for him. He's been there for years. He's never been a guy who consistently puts up numbers. People are going to, oh, Phillip Rivers is there. He loves to throw. Nadine Hines is the the receiving back. Okay. And it's possible in a new offense led by Phillip Rivers with his first year in Indianapolis that you may see Hines have a really nice game for a couple of weeks. You may see him be a consistent part of the offense. I personally would look at that very cautiously. If you can get him with just a waiver claim, give it a shot. As long as you're not dropping anybody who put up good numbers yesterday, who's a consistent player, who's a steady player, just somebody you may have picked up on a flyer late in your draft, if you're going to release them to try to get Hines, go for it. Couldn't hurt. Especially if you're struggling at running back. Makes sense. But don't overvalue him. So don't, don't overreact. Don't panic. Also, don't read too much into random player having a good game when it's not something their history has shown they do. Players you might have possible concern over. Again, not panic. Just keep an eye on. You might have concern. Tom Brady. I've watched him over the last couple of years, and while still being a very good quarterback, his ability to throw the deep ball has diminished. He was never, honestly, he was never an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes when it came to the deep ball, 
but he was better than he has been the last couple of years. That offense has a lot of talented players. If they can get it all together and get some consistency, he'll be okay. And I think he'll still be good. I'm not saying go out and drop him. I'm just saying if you have a more consistent option or somebody in an offense where roles are more established right now, you may want to consider them based on a matchup. Another guy is Cooper Cup. I I love Cooper Cup as a player, uh, but I was watching the Rams play last night. He's doing punt returns, and unless he's blocking for the run game, he's only in on third downs. So not saying that's something that's going to happen going forward consistently. Based on the game plan, that may change. If you have Cooper Cup, you're not going to want to drop him. Absolutely not. He's a guy who can put up some huge games. But yesterday did raise a little, not quite a red flag, but I'd say a very, very bright yellow flag to make you go, okay, well, I got to watch this going forward based on a matchup. It could be a run-heavy game. I may want to rethink Cooper Cup. Uh, Don't panic over Michael Thomas. Don't panic over Nick Chubb. Don't panic over Joe Mixon. Uh, despite what I just said about Tom Brady struggling a bit, don't panic over Chris Godwin. Godwin is the kind of receiver Brady will absolutely love. Chris Godwin's going to have a, a very good year. Don't panic over Keenan Allen. Don't freak out about these guys having games that were not where you thought they were going to be yesterday. Everything from matchups to it's week one without a training camp. New pieces in the offense. A guy like Mixon, new receivers, new offensive linemen, new quarterback, new coach. Going to take a little bit, a game or two, to actually get everything flowing the way they want to. Same with Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen. There's a lot of things in flux on that Los Angeles Chargers offense. He's going to find his place. He's going to fit in. He's going to be fine. Uh, As far as players to not overvalue, Malcolm Brown. Rams have been saying they're going to have a running back by committee all year. They drafted Cam Akers. They seemingly wanted him to be the guy, uh, even though they didn't say that. Things they did kind of pointed to that direction. Malcolm Brown went out, had a very nice game last night against the Cowboys. Not a player you want to drop. You want to hang on to him. Casey does end up being a little more consistent than he has in the past. You know, it wouldn't hurt to have him or in case of injuries or bye week, but wouldn't overvalue him. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky had a nice fourth quarter yesterday. The previous three years in the league, he's been awful. So you're going to need to see more from him. If you have a terrible, terrible quarterback situation, uh, you may want to pick him up. Maybe if you have a really deep bench, a lot of uh, bench spots. Maybe pick him up and just sit on for a few weeks to see what happens. Uh, Boston Scott for the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders. Doesn't look like he's going to be out for too, too long. Boston Scott's going to be his backup. Miles Sanders is going to be the number one. Again, I'm not saying drop him because if Sanders has injury issues, Boston Scott could end up being valuable. But don't overpay for him in a trade. Don't overpay for him on the waiver pickup. If you can get him and it doesn't cost you much, good. If not, it's okay to let him go. It's not going to break your team. Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know what happened to this guy. He had a couple of really, really great years with the Giants and just has never seemed to have been able to recapture that form. Wouldn't overvalue him. He didn't have a great game yesterday, but people are still drafting him and, and keeping him and valuing him the way they did three years ago, four years ago. He just does not seem to be that player. He hasn't shown any semblance of consistency over the past couple of seasons to make sense of valuing him at that level. That's my opinion based on my knowledge, things I've seen looking at the numbers, <clears throat> looking at the consistency. But some people are still going to way, way overvalue him. I would not. And Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was stuck in the New York Jets system for the past couple of seasons, the past three seasons. I actually drafted Robbie Anderson in one of my leagues. Wanted him in more because I think he's very talented and I think he's the kind of guy in the right system with the right opportunity. Could be really, really big. I'm not saying... Don't value him at all. I'm just saying you're going to have to see a little more consistency. I kind of blamed his inconsistency the past, well, the three years he was in the league so far on the fact he's on the Jets. 
Now he's on the Panthers with a new quarterback and, and, and an offense that is built around Christian McCaffrey. They know what they want to do. And he is talented. Just don't, based on his game yesterday, which was a respectable game, and then he caught a 75-year touchdown pass, which in just about any kind of scoring format is going to make you go from an okay game to, wow, look at that. Don't let it fool you. It was one big play. Doesn't mean he's not talented. Like I said, I'm a fan of his. think he's a great player. You're just going to have to see more before you feel comfortable saying, yeah, this is who Robbie Anderson is now. Two very different reasons there with Odell Beckham Jr. and Robbie Anderson to not overvalue. Odell being overrated. Robbie Anderson just not having the consistency due to past team situations. Nonetheless, still the same outcome. Don't overvalue until you know more. As far as injuries go, make sure your players are healthy. Even if a player didn't have an injury, a lot of times late in the week they can pop up if they tweak something in practice. You just want to be careful. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Some players to watch. Le'Veon Bell. Michael Thomas, like I said, the ankle sprain. Miles Sanders and Kenny Galladay, two really, really talented stud players who missed this past weekend. Hopefully everybody had a good weekend. I thank you for listening to this episode of the uh, Fantasy Football Advocate. This is something new I'm doing, and I really hope you guys enjoy it and it takes off. If you can't tell, I love sitting here talking about this. I sincerely hope you're able to take something valuable out of this episode. Uh, if you did, i love if you could subscribe leave a review, and tell someone about the show and help spread the word. I'll be back Thursday with my takeaways from Monday night's doubleheader, as well as my thoughts on week two's slate of games. And good luck to everybody. Good luck tonight. Hopefully, if you got a close game, you're able to pull it out. And uh, if you got blown out, well, start planning for week two. Until next time, please play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you then.